0: Talk to my friend, Drew Allen. And I'll Allen. tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen has died hard conservative. I look into this guy for wisdom.
1: Well, Ukraine's biggest con artist has returned to the land of the once formerly free the brave, the United States of America, to shake us down, baby. Shake us down for another $24 billion or something like that. Anyway, this is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. If you're, if you're just listening, it doesn't affect you, but you'll have a good laugh. I, I'm wearing a tank top and I got a hat on. I truly look like some California bro, if you will, which I am not. But look, I'm going to head straight to the gym after this and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I, I, I should have just said I'm doing this because in honor of Fetterman, right? The brain-dead vegetable Fetterman who they changed the entire uh, code for, you know, in the Senate to accommodate his need to wear, you know, a hoodie. Unbelievable. So anyway, so in honor of him, I'm wearing a tank top on my show because I can do whatever I want. There is no uh, dress code here, I guess. Um, I'm going to bring Captain in in a minute to talk about this F-35 story a little bit. I've got a few questions for him. But... You know, it's just an amazing time. Every day, every day that I live on this earth, year 2023, Anno Domini, I just never thought I'd see what I'm seeing today, which is, well, these elites, but the politicians, government officials, doing everything they can to steal our liberty, to steal our prosperity, to steal our way of life. It's a shocking thing because we are at war, and our government is at war with we the people. That is happening right now. Embrace it. Accept it. And let's press forward, okay? But it's 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 dark. You know, I, I, I really do do my best to bring some humor here, and I will, I will do that today, too. And I'll make some astute analogies. You won't want to miss it. It's, of course, a jam-packed show. But I want to start out with a question. Is the F-35 the fighter jet? Is that the COVID vaccine of fighter jets? Just think about that for a second, and the brilliance will be explained to you of that question in just a moment. It's a bizarre story. It's humiliating to some extent. Uh, what, What I would say, you know, this does, this has happened. If you go and look at news stories, you'll find the F-15 went down or the F-16. But this is a little bit different. Obviously, the circumstances of it happening are different. We're not being told the full truth. And I have have my theory on what's really going on. I'll tell you what the real scandal is. The reason I say is the F-35, the COVID vaccine of fighter jets. The analogy I'm making is to the fact that Operation Warp Speed obviously got rid of red tape and forced a vaccine through that wasn't ready to be administered to human subjects. And the other similarity correlation that I'm making there is to say that the COVID vaccine was an utter failure. And I know some of you that are, are saying, I'm turning this thing off. I'm not listening to Drew anymore. Oh my gosh. But just hear me out. I'm not attacking you. Every time the COVID vaccine comes out. Look, my, my point is, look, what were you told? The COVID vaccine was sold as what? It was going to prevent infection. Joe Biden, uh, the boy-looking MSNBC person that's a girl, Rachel Maddow, trans Maddow, you know, she and many other politicians, they told you that you could not get COVID if you got the vaccine. The virus stopped, right? That's traditionally what you understand a vaccine to do, but it didn't do that, right? It didn't do it. It didn't meet those expectations. It didn't meet that. They shifted the goalposts and they said, what? Well, uh, if you got the vaccine, yeah, we lied. You can get COVID, but you won't die. So the F-35, you have to understand the F-35, there was an enormous, enormous investment by not only the United States of America, but also other governments around the world. The F-35 was pitched. It was supposed to be the do-everything fighter jet, the fighter jet of the future. High expectations for the F-35. And I want to read you a headline. This is from, I think, 2018 even, 17, 18, I forget. This is, uh... No, I guess this is from, like, 2020, maybe. But here's the headline. The Pentagon is battling the clock to fix serious, unreported F-35 problems. Over the past several years, U.S. Defense Department leaders have gone from citing technical problems as their biggest concern for the F-35 program to bemoaning the expense of buying and sustaining the aircraft. So the question, as the F thirty five was in development, that the question you would be facing is, should we abandon this project because there is too many problems? Do we abandon it, or do we double down on the F thirty five because we've put so much into it and we don't want to? Uh, you know, you got a partnership here with a uh, Lockheed Martin, I guess, probably who produced the F thirty five. I think it was so. The majority of these problems, this article goes on to say, have not been publicly disclosed, exposing a lack of transparency about the limitations of the Defense Department's most expensive and high-profile weapon. Where else have you heard a lack of transparency, right? The COVID vaccine, lack of transparency. These problems impact far more operators than the U.S. Air Force, Marine Corps, and Navy customer base. Eleven countries Australia, Belgium, Denmark, Italy, Israel, the Netherlands, Norway, Japan, South Korea, Turkey, and the United Kingdom have all selected the aircraft as their future fighter of choice. And nine partner nations have contributed funds to the development of the F-35. And the clock is ticking. By the end of 2019, Defense Department leaders are set to make a critical decision on whether to shut the door on the F-35's development stage And move forward with full-rate production. Now, listen here. The F-35 Joint Program Office appears to be making fast progress, but not all problems will be solved before the full-rate production decision. You understand? They promised something. They're up against the wire. They put all this money in, but they're acknowledging that the F-35 is not ready. The F-35 Program Office has no intention of correcting two of the problems addressed in the documents with the department opting to accept additional risk. Yeah, you know, the vaccine, we haven't tested it on humans or whatever yet. You know, we can't tell you about efficacy. We haven't done tests yet. But, you know, COVID's so scary and dangerous because it kills like 0.0001% of the population that, you know, we just, we got to accept the risk. You're guinea pigs. According to a June 2018 report by the Government Accountability Office, the program had 111 Category 1 deficiencies. Category 1 Uh, That's loss of life, potential loss of life, loss of material aircraft. That's a pretty serious problem to encounter. That's like getting in a new car and they're like, yeah, you know, the steering wheel might not work and the brakes might not work and, you know, you could die in the car, but, you know, let's just try it out. So the 13 deficiencies include, I'm not going to go through all of these, I'll just tell you a few of them. In very cold conditions, the F-35 will erroneously report that one of its batteries have failed, sometimes prompting missions to be aborted. Supersonic flight in excess of Mach 1.2 can cause structural damage. After doing... This, listen to this. After doing certain maneuvers, the F-35 pilots are not always able to completely control the aircraft's pitch, roll, and yaw. In other words, the aircraft doesn't work. Um, anyway, I mean, you go on and on and on, but my point is... Back then, they even said so. These those four category one deficiencies will likely not be fixed or downgraded before the full rate production decision. All told, they expect to have about nine category one deficiencies still on the books as the F thirty five moves to full rate production. The eight problems defined above and whatever surprises occur. Isn't that comforting, Captain? Can you imagine? I mean, I understand there's probably a little bit of excitement around a new aircraft, but at the same time. I mean, if you're a pilot and you're getting this thing and it's like, hey, these are the uh, Category 1. You could die because of these issues. Uh, we're going to address them as best we can, but we're also going to go ahead and produce these and move forward. And by the way, Captain, the aircraft you're going to be flying, you know, we don't know. There may be some surprises that happen that we haven't come into contact with, but good luck up, the, up there in the air. You can always e- eject over the swamp in South Carolina, and we wish you the best. So. In my humble opinion, as a civilian, it would appear to me that there are a lot of problems with the F-35. The F-35 is not anywhere near uh, ready, in my opinion, based on this and based on maybe what we're seeing. And we've been bamboozled. We spent a fortune on an aircraft That isn't winning wars for us. And I'd like to point something else out too. I just think, and and you know, Captain can correct me on this especially. Well, all anything I said in a minute, I'm going to bring him on. But it's amazing that this aircraft simply disappeared. They couldn't locate it for a long period of time. It's 2023. So you mean to tell me that you can Go back retroactively and get GPS data of 90-year-old women taking selfies in the Capitol and arrest them. But you can't find the most advanced fighter jet in human history. Am I getting this right? All right, turn your mic on, Captain. Get in, get in on this brawl. I do. Hey, so, all right. You know, that's 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 what I'm saying. I just did a little research, right? I've looked into kind of the F-35's history. It was plagued by a lot of problems that it seems to me were kind of covered up because obviously there's a lot of money at stake. This is a big deal. Maybe there's a humiliation factor. How can we possibly tell people that this F-35 that we've convinced them to invest in, that's the, the fighter jet of the future? Well, it's not going so well. So we'd rather just cover-up, put Band-Aids on it, and get it into production because we don't have the humility to say otherwise. And I don't know. I mean, I, it just seems to me that the F-35 is not, not what it was uh, chalked up.
2: No, that's, that's a, good, a good point. And I think uh, uh, the... The issue, let's let's talk about a little bit about what happened in the past couple of days. To me, is really the issue is not the F thirty five itself, the airplane, but what exactly happened? Why did the pilot uh, eject it out of a obviously a perfectly good flyable airplane? Because the airplane flew after it got, after the pilot ejected for quite a, quite a while on autopilot. So obviously the airplane didn't have any uh, major malfunction. It was not unflyable. The airplane flew without a pilot, so the airplane was flyable. So why did that pilot eject? That's the mystery of this whole thing. Now, so let's let's get to you, to to your point. I wish I had more information about what I just mentioned, but. <clears throat> uh, F-35, just give you a, a quick rundown about the F-35. F-35, by no means, is a new airplane, you know. In aviation world, you know, a 20-year-old airplane is really a new airplane. This airplane started flying about 17 years ago, and uh, uh, Lockheed has delivered over 900 of these airplanes already. So we're not talking about an airplane that, you know, just got designed a couple of years ago. It went to production two years ago, and now we're just finding out uh what the airplane does the airplane has been flying for quite a while and unfortunately it you know the aviation industry is not like it used to be during world war ii where the p uh, 51 as everybody knows the, the mustang was designed tested and into production in 90 days yes it was not a very complicated airplane but at the same time there were no computers then Everything was done with this with the rule ruler and pencil paper and start, you know there were no no calculators so it was done in ninety days now now airplanes uh fighter jets take decades to get 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 them done so this airplane is, is been in in um, design phase and testing phase for quite a while and it's like I said it's really not a newer new airplane it just takes a lot longer to to uh, get into production. Now, there are different models. The biggest issue that the F-35 has or had, I'm gonna say has, is that the U.S. military and its allies decided to use the old Robert, Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara's um, policies of one airplane can do everything which means one airplane can do, will do everything badly. So, it has way too many missions, and it's no specialty whatsoever. Uh, In the, the, I'm going to say from the 1970s uh, to the the 2000s, the Air Force used to get airplanes by their mission. For example, the A-10 was an air-to-ground airplane. Why is the A-10 still flying? almost 50 years later because it's really good at supporting the Army. It was designed to do that. The F-15 was designed for an air-to-air combat not for air to ground. Specific mission it, it was the best air-to-air uh, fighter ever designed and its record has, uh, has proven that. Uh, F-16 it was the first probably multi-role fighter that the United States Air Force designed. Uh, we built a bunch of them because they were cheap to build, uh, and I'm I'm gonna say they were they were you know a, a, a jack of all trades, master or none when it came to either air to ground or air to air. Uh, it was somewhere in the middle. Now uh, we went to the F-22 to replace the F-15s. Uh, again, as a specialized airplane amazing fifth generation fighter air to air hence comes the F-35 then comes the F-35 in which the Marines want some the Navy won some Air Force won some or somebody in, in uh, the Department of Defense said you know what these things are very expensive we're just gonna give the same airplane to everybody everybody's gonna be happy oh by the way we have allies Everywhere over the world they want to put money into it uh, We'll just build a bunch of them uh, And give it to everybody the problem is that uh, The DM may work except when the services start saying oh, yeah, by the way We are the Navy we fly airplanes from from 800 feet uh, flat tops from air carriers This airplane has to be able to take off and land out of an aircraft carrier therefore the landing gear has to be beefed up quite a bit the engines have to be a lot stronger or have more thrust and guess what now you're beginning to change the weight the design of the basic airplane now it's becoming a different airplane here comes the marines and go hey well our Harriers that take off vertically up and down are getting all we need to get rid of them if you're going to give us a new airplane, Department of Defense, it has to go do the up and down thing that the here does. Oh, so Lucky Martin says, yes, we can do that. But guess what? Now you have the basic airframe and now you're changing everything about the airplane so this airplane can take off, uh, do vertical uh, takeoffs and landings. Now it becomes, it looks the same airplane, not quite the same airplane. It may look the same. you know. And then you have, you know, all the allies who are talking about different requirements. Air Force has different requirements. Now it becomes an amalgamation of uh, issues and compromises. So the airplane becomes just a huge compromise. And now it's not even a master, a uh, jack of all trades. It just becomes a lot of problems. And that's what happens to the F-35. So, uh <clears throat> Again, it's, it's not about airplane. Obviously, it's not about airplane, but it hasn't been really, really tested like the F 15 was and uh, the F uh, 16, uh, the F 18, the, the fourth generation fighters have been. This fighter, you know, there's a lot of them out there. They're very expensive, uh, but there, it's a big compromise. Essentially, that's what it is. Well,
1: Captain, it sounds to me like, well, that's a perfect bridge. Because it sounds to me like the F-35 is a perfect personification of America. It kind of means nothing because it tries to be everything. It doesn't have a very specific meaning or purpose. It's watered down. It's watered down. You can't be everything to everyone. You have to say, no, this is who I am. This is what I am. And we don't do that in America today. We don't have any customs. What you know? I was taught. I had to host somebody else's radio show today, Captain. Earlier on, and I asked the question, and I'll ask to, to you all now: What does it mean to be an American? Do you see that out there in the public anymore? Like, I'll give an example. So, I lived in Italy for five years. There are very specific customs that Italians still take seriously, and they're proud of it. A very simple thing in Italy. They won't eat until 7.30 or 8. Right? Spain's that way. A lot of countries are that way in Europe. I mean, that's something specific and unique to their culture. Or they'll still sit down with their families for dinner. It's a (laughs) sacred time for them, right? These are the things I'm talking about in terms of customs, right? When I was growing up, everyone wore a suit to church. Everyone. Now, you wear whatever you want. It's kind of like the Senate now, right, with Fetterman. But, but this is what I'm talking about. America doesn't really have an idea. I mean, it has an identity to you and me. But it's not, it's not universal anymore. You understand what that is, and I understand what that is. Captain understands what that is. But many Americans don't. And most of those things were attacked anyway. I mean, something like Christmas, you go to Europe, you go to Italy, again, Christmas for Italians is still a very important time of the year because the majority of the country is Catholic. It's Christian. And here, we don't really want, I mean, it's like all of those things are less and less prominent in our society anymore. Less and less, it just doesn't mean anything to anyone. So, you know, I think that's, that's, there's your, there's your, you know, we're, we're a bunch of F-35s. What does it mean to be an American? I don't know. The trans people want this, and these people want this, and these people want that. And these people don't like this about America. And these people pretend that slavery is a stain that we can't get over. So we can't celebrate July 4th. We, because July 4th sucks, we need an alternate holiday for black Americans. So we have Juneteenth for them now. Do you understand where this is going? We're just a bunch of tribes. Everyone's wanting this and that, and we have no, there's nothing unifying anymore about us. We don't have the same culture. We don't have the same manners. We don't have the same religion anymore. And these are things that were in George Washington's farewell address to the nation. He talked about how, despite our geographical differences back then, right? We're talking about, you know, late, late 18th century. You know, he said, you know, north, east, southwest, whatever, all different. But remember, we all have the same manners, the same culture, the same religion. Separation of church and state. Oh, my gosh, he mentioned religion. They all mentioned religion. They all mentioned God because they understood. I mean, all of Western, people should think, even if you're not Christian, you should think a Christian. Because it's because of Christians, honestly, that we have the civilization that we have. Truth, truly, truly. You know, I, I mean, I won't forget my Jewish brothers and sisters out there, Judeo-Christian values, you know. We have a lot in common. But, you know, think a Christian. Think, think, you know, anyway, I won't say that. I'll get in trouble. But anyway, I was going to, I'll say it to you, Kat. I was going to say, think a white guy,
2: too. Think, think a white guy. Um. So, Drew, let me show you something, you know, and let me just go back to something that I started saying. Is like, why... What really is my um, curiosity with this incident is why the, the pilot uh, ejected. But I also wanted to show you something, you know, obviously nowadays, now the Air Force has released some pictures of the crash site. I don't know if you had the opportunity to see that. So I'm going to just put them up, okay, right there. That's supposed to be the crash yep. site, okay. This, if you can see, there's a little bit of de- debris right there. Right in the middle. Uh, well, it looks like debris from really, really far away. By the way, this picture is taken from really far, far away. Now I want to show you uh, what what a typical another fighter jet uh, picture here. And now, you know, you you get the chance. You know, the, the audience doesn't have a chance to to see the. The two pictures side by side, but you get the chance to see the picture side by side. The one that you that uh, well, one
1: looks like debris. There we go. And the other, there's no debris. Oh. It's like it was uh It was
2: like it just disappeared. Exactly. That was my. Where's the fighter reaction. jet? Where is the fighter jet? That was my first reaction, and you know, not not to to. Uh, uh, I have seen lots of. Oh, uh, I have seen and read lots of airplane accidents uh, because when I was in the Air Force I was actually I, I was actually uh, uh, a safety ac- aircraft accident investigator and uh, I went to a safety school uh, and took a short course for this and the first thing that I saw when, I, when I, that came to my head when I saw that picture and I'm gonna just put it back again. He said, "Where's the airplane?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I can't
2: see any parts of the airplane." Now, the other picture that I'm showing you, you know, these are big chunks of airplanes that you can you can see. Okay. Yep. And yep. By the way, I am assuming, and I'm I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a make an assumption here, that if the pilot ejected and the airplane was still in autopilot, this airplane ran out of gas. And crash, which means that probably was not a very steep dive when it ran out of gas and probably started gliding down. So that's an assumption. Uh, but still, where are where's the airplane? I don't see one. You know. So anyway, just wanted to leave it with. That.
1: No, none of this stuff ever adds up. I mean, it's like I can go back to this Chinese spy balloon. That we have no explanation for any of these things. This is why you have conspiracy theorists theories, and they're well founded because we don't get answers. I mean, still Hawaii. I mean, everyone's everyone's a conspiracy theorist there as well. But I don't blame anyone. Where are the answers? Because the Hawaiian government and the local authorities did everything they could to ensure that Hawaiians burned to death. Why did the Hawaii? Why did Hawaii, or whoever it was the governmental agency, that? Why are they now t- saying, "Oh well"? 111 people aren't dead. Now it's 79 or something like, you know what I mean? Like, how does that happen? How many people are actually dead? No answers, no answers. We have a totally unaccountable government. And that's the point. And we don't have any power. I mean, we do, we have all the power. Don't, don't, don't go to sleep tonight, thinking that And it's hopeless. You know, we have the power, believe me. We outnumber them, you know, 100 million to one. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, it's a huge number. But, but we don't really have any power right now. I mean, we have our government wheeling and dealing to sell our country out and to sell our future out. I mean, that's what's going on with this freaking loser, Zelensky. Zelensky was installed. I just want you to understand what's going on here. Zelensky's an installation of the globalists. And people need to understand what the globalists are. The globalists, including the Clintons, the Bidens, many in the Republican Party, too. These are people that don't give a damn about the United States of America. These are people that would profit because they go and create wars here and there. I mean, they will sell us out. And they don't like America. They don't like America. And they don't want America to succeed. And this entire, you know... The more I look at this situation in the aggregate, the longer it goes on, the more the Ukraine bullcrap baloney looks like COVID to me in the sense that it's just another, it's another quote unquote disaster, another catastrophe, another crisis that's being used to bring about some, some ultimate, you know, goal that has nothing to do with you and me. It's not to benefit any of us. It's not to benefit the Ukrainian citizens. You know, and, and Zelensky, cue up cut one, Captain. This guy's a scumbag. We have no self-respect. Having this person... Who, who is this guy? This guy was, a, was an actor who used to shake his pee-pee on stage. Have you seen the video, Captain? If you find it, pull it up. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you want to vomit. So that's him, Zelensky. If you couldn't see, he's wearing some skin-colored taupe, top taupe. Is that the right color? I get my my wife's the artist, you know, the painter. I get my colors confused. But anyway, yeah, there he is. I mean, that's that's the guy that's here playing a part. This guy pretending to be a tough guy, this little fat, short guy that dresses up and gets these camera angles, so he's like some military leader. he's not. He's not. If I were Joe Biden, I might say I'd take Zelensky out back and kick his AWS because that's what you know basically Biden said about Trump, right? No, um, I'm just, I'm just tired of. who is? The, okay, before I play this clip, I'm gonna have a sip of coffee here. I'm trying to keep it together, Captain. I'm trying to be good to you, my audience. I'm, I'm just, I'm furious. I really am. I'm tired of this. We have no money. We just hit $33 trillion in debt for the first time. And this guy's coming over here to shake us down for more money. We have no money. We have nothing to give. Do you feel like you have more to give? I don't. Everything's getting more expensive. All of us are getting more poor. And you have Zelensky coming over here and saying, give us more. Think about, you know, I want to make you mad because it's mad with a purpose. I want, you to, I want to motivate you to save your country here.
3: Even though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives, this means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponise its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protests, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters, And when islands and countries disappear underwater, and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories, and when all of this is happening, one unnatural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. We have to stop it. We must act. United to defeat the aggressor and focus all our capabilities and energy on addressing these challenges. As nukes are restrained, likewise the aggressor must be restrained and all his tools and methods of war. Each war now can become final. But it takes our unity to make sure that aggression will not break in again. And it is not a dialogue between the so-called great powers somewhere behind the closed doors that can guarantee us all the new wars era, but open war of all nations for peace.
1: What the hell is he talking about? Did Joe Biden write that speech for him? We are... The, I don't know. He sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger to some extent to I me. Mean, I, can't, I can't do it. I'll just, you know, it's like, we are going to lose islands, people underwater, people. Die. Honduras people die, global warming, and the Russians attack at the same moment that the world go underwater. And we must have unity because of the nuclear weapons and aggression and talk. This guy's a freaking moron. This guy's an idiot. Just like Joe Biden and just like the people that are lecturing us about taking away our stoves to save the planet. The hell is he talking about? I'm sorry. I'm mad. I mean, how is it that these these buffoons are sitting here on the United Nations? I mean, we are paying for our own demise. Paying for our own demise. It's just like nutty to me. I mean, you understand somebody wrote that garbage for him, right? This guy's never thought about climate change in his life, and frankly, his entire speech from beginning to end—even if you if you look at a, if you read a transcript of what he just said—it would still make zero sense. It's not because he has an accent; it's because it's not comprehensible. It's a bunch of, you know, uh, words, nuclear weapons. I mean, it's like these key words they try to use. And this man, Zelensky, who's a terrorist himself, is at the UN that we pay for, that is sitting in New York City. I guess that's where he is right now. He is in, yeah, 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 he's in New York. Lecturing us about climate change. And there is an American journalist sitting in a Ukrainian prison right this moment that the State Department has confirmed. Biden's begging, Zelensky's begging, We have to spend 23, 28 billion more than the 100 plus billion we've already spent to protect Ukrainian freedom. And Ukraine, Zelensky, has one of our American citizens rotting in a jail cell right now. This is a joke. I want to read a little bit about this to you. While lawmakers on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., debate sending billions more in military aid to Ukraine, an American citizen journalist, Gonzalo Lira, is languishing in a Ukrainian prison on allegations of spreading Russian propaganda. You know what Russian propaganda is? According to these fools, it's the Drew Allen Show. I am speaking and spreading Russian propaganda because I'm calling out Zelensky and the con artists who are using the Russia-Ukraine conflict to launder their money, to enrich themselves. Okay, what else do you need to know to know that this war is bad news and needs to stop and we don't need to spend another penny there than this? The Clinton Global Initiative has announced a new proposal to help rebuild Ukraine, providing humanity... Have the Clintons ever done anything for anyone but themselves? Never in their entire lives. And so you have the Clinton family now using their quote unquote nonprofit to enrich themselves off the Ukraine conflict. George Soros is doing the same thing, BlackRock is doing the same thing. They're all looking to make some money off of this war. So this war continuing benefits people like the Clintons, who now are going in and using this conflict to get money for the Clinton Global Initiative. She's not going to be president. That failed. That went away. Her resources dried up. Nobody was paying Clinton anymore when she lost in 2016. The whole reason they funded and gave her tens of millions of dollars that they stuck in their pockets and used to enrich themselves and their family well, it all dried up when she didn't become president in 2016. So, so the Clintons are always looking for a new deal, just like most of these Democrat politicians. And so now they've settled on this. Yeah, yeah, now we'll fundraise for ourselves to buy a new house off of the Ukraine conflict. So back to this prisoner. It's mean, just like, President Biden, yeah. He was the United Nations arguing that investment in Ukraine was an investment in the future of every country that seeks a world governed by basic rules. Lira posted messages on Twitter and YouTube in July claiming that he was going to try to cross the Ukrainian border into Hungary to claim asylum after being released from prison on bail. The Ukrainian government has alleged that Lira had a criminal intent aimed at the manufacture distribution materials containing Justification, recognition is legit. I mean, Lira has a different opinion than the state does about this conflict, which is you have to support Ukraine. You can't question anything. I mean, you understand that Ukraine has killed its own citizens at this point, right? Call it an accident, an act of war, whatever, but they bombed themselves. I'm just sick of this. This, no. Ukraine's not the good guys. Russia's not the good guys. Nobody's the good guys. But uh, you know what? Honestly, you listen to Zelensky. Does that sound like a person that's sane? It does not. Does Joe Biden sound like a person who is sane and should be or has the ability to run a country? No, he does not. Do any of these fools? None of them do. But here they are, taking away our liberties. I mean, we just gave, you know, billions of dollars to Iran to give us like six American hostages. What about Lyra, an American citizen sitting, languishing, beaten, apparently, too, in a Ukrainian prison? I mean, there's other people in prison, too, Ukrainian citizens who, you know, are Christians and so on and so forth because, oh, they're sympathetic to the Russians. You see what's happening around the world? It's authoritarianism. And under the guise of claiming, "Ooh, this is for freedom, it's gaslighting. They will take away all our freedoms and stick all of us in jail in the name of squashing authoritarianism when they're the authoritarians. <sighs> Can't do it. And meanwhile, I'm supposed to be upset with Trump, by the way, because he does a couple of interviews with Megan Kelly, and then he did one with What's-Her-Name on one of the left-wing networks. What Caitlin? Who did he do the other interview with? I can't remember right now. Some of you listening know, but I'm supposed to be mad because in a nine-minute exchange, there's a 16 seconds in an abortion question where Trump didn't come out and say, "Yes, I believe that there should be no abortions, and everyone has to do what I say." And now I'm supposed to turn on him. I gotta tell you, Captain. I always hesitate to call them out by name because of what I do, but um, man, you know I I, I just cue up cut three captain. I I, I really am concerned by the never Trump movement. The new one and DeSantis is the face of the never Trump movement. And I love that all these never Trumpers right Trump's a horrible person because I, I gotta I gotta I gotta give a little bit of a lecture here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do it but not really because I'm gonna do it. obviously it's the Drew Allen show so I do what I want. The problem with conservatives, and I am a conservative, right? I am very much a conservative, is this purity demand that we have, right? You know, politics is a game, and conservatives don't want to live on planet Earth and play the game. So let me just give you an example of what Democrats do, right? When they campaign, they do what? They lie to their own voters, right? They pretend to be moderates when they're radical lunatics. So Fetterman, for example, will deny that he ever said, yeah, I want to ban fracking. Because it's a not a popular issue. It's a problem. So the Democrats will lie and say whatever they need to do to get elected. And then they will do fulfill the radical agenda. Now here's the irony. Do you know what I'm talking about, Captain? With the abortion thing, everyone's mad at Trump because he was asked about the abortion issue and he explained it very clearly and frankly. Let me. I am pro-life. I am pro-life, and it is my objective in my life to persuade as many people as I can to join my side, change hearts and change minds. And the overturning of Roe v. Wade was a huge victory for us because prior to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, pro-life people didn't have a say. Abortion was the law of the land for all 50 states and all of us pro-lifers were just like given the middle finger. Now, it was overturned and now guess what? We got skin in the game. We can compete, we can take legislatures, state legislatures, we can we can You understand? So we have the ability now to transform hearts and minds and to bring about the agenda that we want to see happen. And that's how it should be. That's how it should. If California, where I live, and it's horrible, I know, but they want infanticide. Disgusting. But you know what? We live on planet Earth and they can do it. But you in Texas or South Carolina or some other place, you don't have to do that. You can you can pass laws that prohibit abortion without exception if you want, and the media can make fun of you and fight you and so on and so forth. But that that's just the way it is. So many people, including Charlie Kirk, who's very pro life, the midterm election. Do you remember this, Captain? Midterms. It wasn't a red wave. They said it was a red mirage. I've been through this a hundred different ways, but the only point I'll make. Is what did conservatives come out and say was the reason we didn't have a red wave? They said it was the abortion issue. Charlie Kirk, who's one of the most pro-life people on the planet, and this is not an attack on Charlie, by the way, but I'm using this to make a point. Right before the midterms, I think it was Lindsey Graham who came out and said, what we need to do in Congress is to um, abolish abortion with legislation. So basically, I mean it's ridiculous. Right? I mean I mean that's the whole point of overturning Roe v. Wade. States get to make the decision. So there's Lindsey Graham playing to the Democrat base, giving them a reason ostensibly to vote against Republicans because Republicans are going to take away in one fell swoop the rights of women and all. So Charlie Kirk and all these people said it was we can't win elections if we are super pro-life. That's what they've said and not Charlie, but now many of these same people who said the reason we didn't have a red wave is because of our radical abortion position being pro-life, these are the same people now attacking Trump because he tried not to make abortion an issue for the 2024 election. Do you understand how sick I am to my stomach with these people? The Never Trump movement is going to destroy America just like the Democrat Party. Ron DeSantis is not Jesus Christ, just like Donald Trump is not Jesus Christ. And Ron DeSantis is going to disappoint you like crazy, just like everyone has. He's not your knight in white armor. He's not. And the more I listen to Ron DeSantis, the less I like him. He's smug. He's entitled, and he's gaslighting. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain.
0: Like, I never thought he should have run... Once he left office, I thought that he should have taken credit for the good things Mm -hmm. he did, but recognize that he was not the best way to go forward to to win and unite the country behind our American first policies. And why Why is he because I think that there are if you look at the voters you need to win, he's definitely got a base. But there are voters who are gettable for Republicans who don't like what Biden's doing. They disapprove of all this stuff. But they just won't do the Trump. We saw that in the midterms. Unfortunately, we had I thought we were going to have a red wave Uh because I'm like, there's inflation. There's all these problems. Don't you have to vote the other way? But when it came down to it, the Democrats had a playbook where they were running the same thing. And and as much as I hate to admit it, it was effective at allowing them to maintain control of the Senate and keeping our House gains very modest. I think the legal cases uh, just practically will suck the oxygen out of the room if he's the nominee. And the question is, Is do we want the election framed on Biden's failures and our vision to reverse the country's decline? If we can do that, we will win. If the election's all about documents at Mar-a-Lago, January 6th, all that stuff, that's going to let Biden hang out in his basement. And I think he's going to get away with it again. He's not going to face scrutiny. It's not going to be about his record. That puts us in a much worse position to win. That's just practical. This
1: guy has no political instincts. Ron DeSantis is a loser. I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm furious, and I'm going to say it like it is. I uh, Steve Deese, Steve Dace. That guy thinks he's Jesus Christ. By the way, there were twelve apostles. They're all dead. But Steve D. and these other loser Never Trumpers, they they think they're like. I mean, they're I I can't stand it. As a Christian, I can't stand to watch it happen. I can't stand to watch it happen. Anyway. And no, I don't care if I'm attacked. You know, it's just where we are. It's where we have to be. You know, we, we got to win. And these people are devoted to destroying us. Now, what did he just say there? Now, think about this moronic statement. What's the most important issue of 2024? It's the Democrat Party trying to get rid of free and fair elections by jailing the leading GOP political candidate. That's the issue. That's not a distraction. That is the issue that we should be focused on as a country. It's the most important issue of our time. We had the American Revolution. We had the Civil War. And we have 2024. It's unprecedented, as I've talked about on this show. And you have Ron DeSantis saying, you know, we can't have Donald Trump running because, you know, he's got the legals. Can you believe it, Captain? It's Donald Trump's fault. You yeah I, it makes me want to see Ron DeSantis treated this way, Captain. I want to see him cry like a little baby. When it's him, he wouldn't make it. He'd cave. He'd drop out of it. He'd do whatever they told him to do. You know, and, and you notice what he said in the beginning too. Our America first policies. I, I beg your pardon out. Who's America First policies, Captain? Who came up with America First? That's the Donald Trump platform. This guy's a snake, Captain. He's a snake. And, you know, I used to hold back and try and be polite and everything else to the audience because I know people like him. But you've been swindled. You've been bamboozled. You've been sold a bunch of snake oil. And again, I'm not a, you know, worshipping at the altar of Donald Trump. But I'm realistic and I understand politics. And this guy acts like I mean this guy who used to praise Fauci this guy who actually did shut down Florida but reopened it eventually and made good decisions he's rewriting his own history as well. I I, I, I just I, I I have no stomach for it. And then he talks about the midterms. We sh- it was supposed to be a red wave. I mean <laughs> the voters should have been focused on this they well why did we lose that I mean you know he has no answer for this no response for that we, we should have I just I I, I can't do it. I mean the, 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 I don't I don't think he should have I don't think he ever should have run. who is he to say that? who is that who is this guy? I mean look you know he's done some great things. But here's the problem with the Ron DeSantis crowd. He's he's been a governor for less than two terms. Like, that's his whole legacy. He dropped out of Congress when he saw a better opportunity. He resigned, ran for governor, got it. Trump helped him get in. He's He's just climbing the ladder. And that's not to say he can't do good things. But, I mean, who is he to lecture me? Okay, I support Trump. I'm not ashamed of that. It's the best thing for our country right now. And we should be uniting behind him instead of playing this game still. I mean, we could be gaining so much ground right now with other voters going after them, everything else, if we would just unite. But this guy selfishly wants to be coronated. And there's no chance. There's zero chance. I don't care if you love Ron DeSantis. There's zero chance. Unless Donald Trump, and even then, he's put in jail or whatever. And it's just sick to see this kind of thing. He's a vulture These people are vultures just waiting to pick at the corpse of Donald Trump because it's the only way they're going to get fed. So my point is, if you understand politics, Donald Trump isn't some radical abortionist now. He's playing politics. I mean, you think Ron DeSantis can win an act? He says, you know, we got to get these other voters. We got to go after these other voters and we can get them. How? How, Ron? I assume, Captain, he's talking about disillusioned Democrats and independents, right? So he's going to get the disillusioned Democrats and the independents by going out and saying, I'm going to take away abortion. That's how he's going to do it? I, I, I just, I don't know. You know, we don't live in the kingdom of heaven right now. Um, we fight for those things. We don't sacrifice our principles. But my goodness, 2024 should be a landslide. And you do have to play a strategic game. So if the abortion issue is an issue that is going to get Democrat voters to go out, because it's about voter turnout, right? And cheating too. But it's about voter turnout. So You know, if you've got all these economic issues going on, I mean, think he's like, here's DeSantis acknowledging, I mean, how could how could we not win more seats when we had inflation and everything was going so bad? Well, the Democrats objective is to distract people from those very issues. They don't want to make those the issues. They don't want us focusing on the actual issues. They want to distract with these side issues like abortion, whatever. Abortion is not an issue. That the president has any involvement in, by the way. It's a state's rights issue, right? So what good does it do for Donald Trump to go on national TV and alienate millions of Americans and and force them back into the, 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 the lap of the Democrats? Am I speaking... Am I making sense, Captain? So I can be pro-life... But I'm running for president, and there's no upside, you know, to, to me just going out there and ticking off a lot of Democrats who might be thinking of voting for me. So, I mean, that's, that's what's happening. I just, and I just, I mean, I, man, I see these Republicans, Captain, and they are just going to town on this thing, this little 16-second clip they pulled from the interview. And they're saying, you know, I've read a piece of The Federalist even. Say, Donald Trump has turned his, he's like stabbed the pro-life movement in the back. Donald Trump's the guy who put the people on the Supreme Court who ensured that Roe v. Wade was overturned. And you want to tell me he stabbed the pro-life movement in the back? He's done more for the pro-life movement than any president in American history. Am I wrong, Captain? We got to use our brains, folks. Everybody has an agenda. My agenda is America first. That's my agenda. That's where I get my clarity. So I can cut through the BS because I know what's at stake and I know what's going on and I have perspective. I want to tell you something. No politician, no talking head on the news, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, none of them are smarter than you are. In some ways. (laughs) Ha ha. I mean, you know, I don't have a billion dollar company. So, you know, I guess, you know, Donald Trump's got me on that. But my point is, this country is yours. You have a stake. You have a say. Your opinion matters. You need to formulate your own conclusions and thoughts. Don't be fed them by anyone. Now, you know, here I am. I preach sometimes and so on and so forth. But I know you're smart. And I know you trust me. And I'm open about it. And I tell you where I stand. I don't tell you what to think. Many people agree with me because I do have an ability to at least put it into words, but I'm just calling it like I see it. And a lot of people are too afraid to do this because they don't want to alienate the audience or they want to... And this is the thing. I am not an F-35 captain. I'm not an F-35. I am not everything to everyone. I have my strengths. I have my opinions, but I am Drew Allen, and I'm not here to, I mean, I you know, maybe it's the way this started, you know, and how we've done this thing, but I, I'm not pandering, I don't care, I really don't care, you know, and this, this whole, I mean, it's just, the, there's so much grifting happening out there, so much of it. All right, well let's let's do something funny here. Actually, let's actually cut cut two, cut two, Captain. I skipped it, didn't I? So this is a man. It's a what's this person's name? I'm gonna find it here in a second. Dun 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 dun. Okay. Hang tight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Sarah Ashton Cirillo. This is a man who has changed his name to Sarah. He's trans. And he's an American journalist who went over to Ukraine in 2022 and now has become a spokesperson, an English spokesperson for the Ukrainian military. In other words, this is a Ukrainian propagandist. So if you're a American journalist and you speak out against the Ukrainian war or don't say what they want like this person's about to say in this clip, you go to prison. But this person's a hero. Now, this you're we're supposed to take this man seriously. I want you to listen to these people. I mean, we it's like it's like people are children and they're playing, but they're playing in these roles that are dangerous, right? Joe Biden pretending to be president. Zelensky pretending to be the president of Ukraine. This person, who's an idiot and a lunatic and mentally ill, play the cut, Captain.
0: Russia hates the truth that their obsessive focus on a Ukrainian volunteer is simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's
1: honesty to shine brightly. Next week, the teeth of the Russian
0: devils will gnash ever harder, and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy, as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down, and justice will be served, as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty, and complete liberation.
1: Wow, Sarah's going to hunt me down, Captain. You know, that's a door I would happily open. If I saw Sarah Cirillo at my door, I'd say, let's go, mano a mano, right now. But you understand how dangerous this Is there any criticism of this from the left-wing media, Captain? She just said, we're going to hunt down Russian propagandists. Those sound like killing words, Captain. Sound like genocide words to me. But nobody's calling her out. Him out. Um. Well, we'll get into some of the other stuff I wanted to get into tomorrow. I mean, I got a list of stuff. A list of stuff. Oh, man, I was going to talk about, well, Ray Epps, California suing the oil companies on climate change. Boebert. But I'll just end with this. This is going to really shock you. Shock you. Body positivity, it turns out, is literally killing people. Science finds. So, telling people that it's beautiful to be super, super fat and obese, it has consequences. Did you know that being super, super, super fat can cause heart disease? And did you know that there are more super, super, super duper fat people today because we tell them, that it's good to look like Lizzo? Yeah, baby. You just, you wear that hoodie in Congress. You want to be super, super fat? Yeah, you look good. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be a mean jerk here, you know. But but my, my point is, we do. We glorify obesity now as, as a society, right? Now, you don't have to be mean to somebody. That's not what I'm saying. But, We've, we've removed all standards in society. Even the Greeks had standards of beauty, right? With their statues and everything else. Who doesn't want to look like that? Even if it's unachievable. Now we got issues with body dysmorphia and stuff like that you got to watch out for. But the idea is we just tell people that whatever behavior they want to engage in, we we support it, right? So it's like the trans thing. It's like, oh, you're an alcoholic? Good for you. That's what we do as a society now. You're, you're mean, right? If you have any opinion otherwise. So anyway, the number of heart disease deaths has skyrocketed. And it turns out that uh, glorifying obesity and not denouncing uh, efforts to reduce it, well, it's dangerous. So anyway, surprise, surprise, right? Body positivity is literally killing people. I couldn't have predicted that. All right, Captain, we'll be back at it tomorrow. It's been a pleasure being with you. God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. And until tomorrow.
0: Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. <laughs> conservative Drew, conservative. Allen. And Drew Allen has Drew hard conservative. I look into this guy for wisdom.